The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Well, hopefully this microphone's working properly because I have no way of knowing until after this is done. Hi and welcome to episode 83 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. Hello. Um, well, that was fun at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Had a bit of everything, didn't it? Nervy, yeah, nervy <laughs> first 20 minutes. Exciting middle bit. Leaf Davis came on, terrified me. I'm going to say, you're still sounding like me on my dates. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult, backs to the wall for 20 minutes, things really start getting going, and then Leaf Davis comes in and ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, obviously, 1-1 one, one draw with Manchester City at the weekend. Uh, I came out of that game thinking that that might be as proud as I have been of a Legion United performance. Possibly ever. It's, it's right up there, isn't it, in terms of, like you said, the, the first 20 minutes, the way City set out, it, it was something we really had to overcome. And I don't know if you've seen, actually, Tifo have put out a good video kind of breaking down the tactics throughout the game and, and how they shifted. Um, obviously, talk about um, Man City's press and and kind of block, you know, one of the key things is blocking off Melier being able to play through Phillips. Yeah, because so. I mean, they, they blocked that off really well and there was the one chance, wasn't there, where uh, Melier tried to play a clever pass for Phillips to run onto and uh, overhit it and led yeah. to a decent chance for De Bruyne. It was only Robin Cock made a really good block on that one, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, so I think, I think we we're all quite shaken by the first 20 minutes and, and it gave us no surprise when uh, when Sterling got his goal. Oh no, like when they went 1-0 up, they fully deserved it. They, the For that 20 minutes, we were completely outplayed. We couldn't get out, we, we just couldn't get out, we couldn't get the ball up the pitch and it was basically up until that, there was the Alioski header and that was about it, wasn't there? Yeah. For quite a while. But the thing that made me so proud about the performance was that even though, yeah, those tactical things, you know, and Bielsa's instructions, but the way that they just kept going, like they could so easily have collapsed under that amount of pressure. And they never once actually looked like doing that. It looked like, oh, well, if this is like this for, ni- for 90 minutes, we'll get beat and we'll deserve to get beat. But there was never any worry that they would stop trying to play football. Yeah, that was it. There was outside of one or two clearances that had to be made, there was, there was no just resorting to long, aimless passes. There was no there was no change to the system. They were still always looking to play, you know, short passes from goal kicks and, and try and build our way up the pitch. And, you know, like, it's almost dead on the 20-minute mark that we seem to to sort of find a foothold in the game and, and we can actually start playing then and, and we start actually creating something. Yeah. I mean, obviously for that 20 minutes, they had the, they had all of the play and just about all of the efforts on goal. 
it was a little bit frustrating that in the end the goal came from a bit of a mistake after all of that because Cooper just couldn't sort his feet out and just ended up sort of controlling the ball back out, didn't he, rather than getting yeah. any sort of a clearance on it. But, you know, Sterling still has a lot to do and he squares up Ailing pretty easily and then he puts Cooper on his ass, and it's a really good finish. You know, it's, there's a reason that if someone tried to buy him now, he'd probably be, I don't know, 160 to 200 million minimum. Yeah, a really, just, really lovely finish, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. He's he, he's one of my favourite players to watch, actually. Even if it's weird that he's such a good goal scorer despite not being a natural finisher at all. Yeah, and I, I think it's <laughs> and I think it's still one of the biggest criticisms levelled at him. It, it's I, I think the more time you give him, the poorer the decision he seems to make. Yeah, there's um, a few because like, Bamford has a bit of that. Ah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's because they've just not spent as much time playing as a striker or, or what it is. Um, you know, with Sterling, I think later on in the game, you see him go through one-on-one with Melier and he doesn't really seem to go anywhere. You know, it's a good stop by Melier going down at his feet and and Cock kind of recovers well, but he didn't seem to ever make a decision as to what he was doing with that chance. And there was a couple of times it seemed to happen. Um but yeah, the first goal, like you say, just opens up and just curls that one in lovely, doesn't it? Yeah, it was a, it was a really good finish, and it was fully deserved. Like everyone just, I don't, I didn't see any Leeds fans going, "Oh, fuck's sake, or anything like that." They just, "Oh well, fair enough, that's been coming." I don't know. One, I think one of the annoying things I've seen online is is people describing the first twenty minutes as being Sunday League, which no, I think is which yeah. I think is harsh because I, I think that entirely takes away from how good Man City were. Yeah, and because Man City did that, I know it's hard to think of because they got beat five two, but they did that against Leicester for twenty five minutes. It looked like they were going to win six or seven nil, and mm. for twenty minutes against us, it looked like they were going to win six or seven nil. But in both cases, they got a bit worse, and the opposition got a lot better, and we got so much better through that game. Like after the twenty minute mark. Once we actually started getting on the ball and started being able to get past that first line of the press, we yeah. all of a sudden looked really dangerous. Like, and especially in the second half, because in the second half, we really did look like we were going to score not every time we went forward, but a decent amount. Whereas in the, in the first half, we just got the territory a bit better and there was a couple of really good chances. Obviously, there was that Alioski header that we mentioned. There was that really nice bit of football that left Roberts to flick the ball through for Dallas. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was a pretty good chance. A little bit of a pushing back from Walker, but it's not a penalty. It would have been the softest penalty <laughs> that wasn't for handball that I've seen all season. Um, and then right at the end of the half, uh, Benjamin Mendy tried to do his mate Bielsa a favour. A long crossfield ball and Mendy, oh, what a perfect layoff right into Ailing's path. Well, that was it. I'd, I'd, listen, I, I am I'm the least defensive player you'll you'll ever meet. But as soon as he turns his back to Ailing, he's got no idea where he is. Uh, well, that's the thing with Mendy. I mean, there was that clip going round from it was they played it on the square ball. I think it was City Extra the podcast, but they were doing a live watch along. And the minute before he does that, 
their guy is saying they need to take Mendy off. He's had an all night game, but he's st- basically said he's stupid and he's going to mess this up. And then he immediately did that. Uh, but little did he know that, yeah, he might have struggled with Ailing getting forward, but he didn't know that Ian Pervader, that Jan Pervader was coming on. Uh, I'm sorry, my uh, fiance appears to be dying in the background. <laughs> as long as she does it quietly, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, we. Uh, can I, can so, I just say with that, with that chance as well? It was one of those where. I think that the chance we always speak about in similar terms is uh, Andy Hughes against Swindon. We're just like, he's in a great, oh, it's Luke Ayling. Uh, no, you see, I would not do that at all because Luke Ayling, yeah, maybe he could have hit it earlier, but he checked back inside well, beat the defender and hit a decent curling effort that was going in. Andy Hughes was five yards out with an absolute sitter and looked <laughs> like he had never been in that position in his life. Listen, all I think with Luke Ayling now, I think screamers. I don't think him going one-on-one with goalkeepers. Maybe not one-on-one so much, but I genuinely, I've, I've seen it back a couple of times, I don't think that was a bad finish. I think it was, oh, no, I don't, I don't I think think it was, was a bad finish. I think it was think just it was, good goalkeeping. I don't think it was a bad finish, but I could pick about six players out of that Leeds team that I'd rather it been. Oh, yeah. Especially on his left foot. Yeah. But I suppose the one he scored against Bristol City with his left foot. Um, but, it was the second half that I really loved. I don't, uh, think, I don't think any of us thought Pervader was the one coming out. No, I th- I, well, what I expected to happen at halftime, even though Tyler Robertson was vastly improved from the previous two games, where admittedly it's not saying a lot. Like he was terrible against Hull, and he really and he was anonymous against Sheffield United, but he was much better in this game. But I still expected it to be Rodrigo on. So when it was, and Alioski you know, did fine. I think he might have ended up with lowest rating in my player ratings, but it wasn't a bad rating. It was like a six out of 10. Um, so when he came off for Pervader, my, I thought it worried me a little bit because the one thing that I was pleased with seeing Alioski for was that he's a bit more disciplined with chasing back. And I thought now you've got Pervader and Costa. Are we going to be in trouble? defensively and I suppose to an extent there were times that we were but it didn't matter because we were so much better going forward yeah it, it was nice seeing Pervader come on and, and straight away you know they move, move Costa over to the left and Pervader's instructions and, and I dare say under Bielsa it's a bit more nouced than this yeah. but it essentially seemed to boil down to get at Mendy get at Mendy he's been booked yeah, and and Mendy probably could. I mean, he had that one really cynical pullback, didn't he? That free kick got given, and he didn't get a second yellow. Yeah, and it was that, like a off a one-two, wasn't it? When I think out on the touchline. Yeah, he was a bit lucky to get away with that one. I thought, but um, no, I thought Pavada was brilliant, and it wasn't just what he did in the attack in attacking areas. Like he put that cross in for Bamford like immediately, didn't he? After like a minute, uh, but. What he took over was the thing that Helder Costa does really well and did really well last season at times was if he got the ball sort of 25 yards from our goal, he'd bring you out, bring yeah. the team up the pitch. And Pervader did that really well throughout the game. And he even like when he like he won a really comfortably a shoulder to shoulder with Mendy, he was what five inches taller and four stone heavier than him. Yeah. And just knocked him off the ball, turned with it, ran at him. I thought Pervader was absolutely brilliant. And once he came on for Roberts, I thought Rodrigo was excellent as well. 
Yeah, it's it's quite nice because I think so far with each performance, Rodrigo is is looking more and more comfortable with with that role because he because he needs to play that role because we're not dropping Bamford. No, we're not dropping Bamford, are we? And and to be honest, I, I feel like at the moment his his skill set would probably be a little bit wasted out wide. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite nice seeing him kind of grow into this role more and more. And but I, I mean, I, I can still see us going another month before he starts a league game, at least. I could, see, Bielsa. I could see that because it's Bielsa, but I, I mean, for me, it'd be sta- Rodrigo would be starting the next game. I think I think it would be I think it's time, but we'll we'll see. Obviously, there's an international break yet. Yeah, he might he might have to come back and quarantine for 14 days yet with the way everything's going. He's not fit uh, enough anyway. It's fine. But anyway, Rodrigo comes eyes. on. Rodrigo comes on within a minute. He hits the bar via deflection, and that was another thing that I loved seeing because Leeds. It's not passing for passing's sake, but there are sometimes when I think, oh, just go at someone, and he mm. stood. You know, he stood up Walker and just beat him and hit the shot. And then get a corner, cross comes in, Edison makes a bit of a bollocks of it. It was weird that there was, it was such attacking football, both teams fully going for the win and both goals were defensive errors. Yeah, he cut, Edison comes out and he, he, pun, he punches it into Mendy, doesn't he? He seems to yeah. punch it down into Mendy and Rodrigo right, just pounces. Right, right time, good finish. Yeah. just I mean, all he had to do was just get a clean contact, but clean contact he got but what that's what I look, we got the equalizer and weirdly i didn't i mean don't get me wrong i celebrated but i didn't jump up as much as i expected I, like if you'd have told me you're going to equalize after an hour against man city going into the game i'd have thought well that'll be amazing that'd be so much better than i expect I, i'll be like when we equalized against liverpool all three times the celebration was bigger than it was for that because now I'm, I, I don't know why, I think it was the pattern of the game. I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I mean, like against it's... Liverpool, when every time we equalised, I was surprised, even though we played well. Because against Liverpool, they did have like, what, 25 shots and like 10 on target or something. Yeah, th- I mean, that's Fancy the thing. Fancy had two on target all game. Yeah, they, they really struggled in front of, they, they, you know, they got plenty of shots away. But outside of the goal, Melier was never really troubled that often. No, I think the one save he made was like a really, tr- you know, like a straight down the middle, trickling straight to him. Yeah. Uh, but there's, no, one's there's quite a few, quite a few in that second half were just curled over the bar into into the Norman Hunter stand, weren't they? Yeah, we got the we got the equaliser. And the thing, like, it's not like we can pretend anything other. Like, none of us thought we were going to sit back because we know now. But for that 15 minutes after the goal, I thought we were not just the better side, but comfortably the better side. Like, the, you know, for, for the first 20 minutes and for the last 10, Man City were dominant. Even though yeah. we did have a few counter-attacks in the last 10 minutes. But for that 15 minutes, like from the hour mark to like 75, I was watching us thinking, this is one of the most expensively assembled teams in the world. They're missing a proper central striker at the minute. Fair enough, that's the one thing that I can give them. But they're still a team full of world-class players and we look better than them. And by a decent amount. 
And I know that he screwed up on the goal, but that save from Edison from that Rodrigo header was oh, a world-class save. Absolutely unbelievably reaction. good. And it was... The, the, the sad thing is, like, uh, I'd love to be able to see that header come in from Rodrigo's perspective, because obviously, to him, it looks like Bamford's going to get there. And I think... Um, who was it that flicks it? That I think Laporte got the flick on. Yeah, he, he kind of glances off him. And he's got about half a second to react. And he does so well to get that header anywhere near on target. Never mind going towards the top corner. Yeah, it's flying in. And, and somehow Edison's flying across his goal. And, and does so well to get a fingertip to it. Yeah, it was a brilliant save. But I suppose that was him making up for the, you know, he made one mistake and he, but that that made up for it. Um, We've got, but, and then we we get madness at this point of the game. Cause yeah, it's, this is it's, the bit. I still, I am, I'm, I am going to go back and watch this full game again at some point. I've got it recorded, ready. The um, it wasn't just the game, but it was, it was basically, it was listening to the commentary. It was like they were having a spiritual experience. Like it, it was just end to end, both simultaneously, lots of midfield, but also no midfield at all. <laughs> well, that's it. Like both both Leeds and Man City, whenever they went forward, there was five six players up there. Yeah, but then you know when there'd be when it'd break down or the, you know it'd be clearance. There seemed to be about 30 yards in the middle of the pitch, just wide open space. Yeah. So you had both teams had their back four, and in our in our case, we had Phillips. In their case, they had Rodri, who were just sort of almost camped out 25 yards from goal, <laughs> just waiting for an attack to come back their way within about 45 seconds. And, and it just, like you say, it went on for about 15 minutes of just, this isn't defending, this is... And, of course, for Man City, you know, their three-man midfield was Rodri, De Bruyne and Foden. So, of course, it was going to be fairly attacking anyway. Yeah. Um, well, that that was where the difference kicked in. I, I was just looking to see if they did happen in the same minute, and they did. Uh, it was seven, the 77th minute. There was two changes that changed it a bit, that got Man City back on top. And it was, I'm assuming that Bielsa made the change because he had to, because Click went off for Leif Davis. Yeah. Uh, and Dallas went into midfield. Which, now, which I. Was not the change I was wanting. I had it in my head that Shackleton wasn't on the bench, but he was. So I was surprised at the change because I only, I don't know why. I think that maybe I, I just misread it right at the start of the game and then never checked to correct myself. But so Dallas moving into midfield. Click, I think, was just gone. He's like, he was just knackered. Because yeah. the, the last 10 minutes, we did look absolutely bollocks. Well, there's there's one point where I think City snuff out one of our attacks and Stuart Dallas is on the corner of their penalty area. It's the first time in a long time I've seen him turn around and just have that look of, oh, I'm done yeah. here, boys. <laughs> like, he's Stuart Dallas, the machine he's been, you know, these last couple of years. Yeah, just absolutely blowing out of his ass. But the, the other change that did it was, and it it was a good change from Guardiola. He brought on Fernandinho, put him with Rodri in the middle, pushed Foden up into Mares's position. It was very much a, a, 
a, a, a substitution of just no, the, the, this has to be done. Yeah. Someone's, got, someone's got to be reasonable here. And due, due to that change from them, because they suddenly stopped having. That's right. They because their fullbacks push up so much. They had two back with Rodri in front of them, yeah. and then all of a sudden they had an extra man, and they weren't just sitting like they're good enough players. They come forward, but it just it meant that for that last ten minutes they did get all the control of the midfield, like said, and they um, got really on top. Then you had Nathan Ake come on, didn't it? Didn't they left back and essentially yeah. that that was the sign for them of we're going to be we're going to be sensible about defending now. Yeah. Well, I I thought that they were going to do that anyway. I put in the match preview that I wrote, uh, plug on through it all together, which is through it all together dot and on Twitter at thru it's all lufc. Um, I put on there. Like I started writing the match preview talking about the Mendy versus Helder Costa battle that was coming up. Yeah. And by the end of it, I'd still talked about it, but I said to be honest, if I was them, I'd play Diaz and Ake and play Laporte at left back. And not play Mendy. Yeah. And in the by the end to get they did sort of do that. It was Ake at left back instead of Laporte, but they can both do it. Uh, I honestly thought they might do that and be a bit pragmatic because and I mean there was always that chance that Guardiola might end up doing something weird because he overthinks it sometimes and against Bielsa he might, but he didn't. He just went out and played. Uh, last. 15 minutes. I suppose the main things out of that were because all the shots were off target. There was the big Sterling chance where he got in behind, uh, which was good keeping from Melier to come out. And Robin Cox showing a good turn of pace to. I mean, I know he wanted full tilt, but he did keep up. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the penalty shouts, uh, which were no, no, and no. And I think rightly, <laughs> uh, the first one's the Leaf Davis handball shout which smacks him in the arm, but one of the things that's been annoying is, oh, I've even said it on commentary, you know, oh, they've changed the rules for from this game because of all the stupid handballs. But that one, sliding and you put an arm down to take your weight, mm. even under the old rules, was specifically covered as not a penalty. Sliding, sliding with your arms behind your back. Because if you slide like that and don't put your arm down, you're going to really hurt yourself. Located shoulder. Yeah. You're going to yeah. have a bad time. You're going to have a bad time. Um, and then it was immediately after one, they put that cross in for, to that person, Sterling just chucked himself over. There was no, yeah, there was pro- that was the worst of the three shouts. Uh, and then the one late on, which it was Sterling again, one it cutting inside Davis. Yeah. That mm. was the one that, there wasn't much contact. It, it it was one of them where if it had been given, I don't think VAR would have turned it down. Yeah. But luckily it wasn't given. It was it would have been a soft one, but that was in real time, when I first saw it, I thought it was a penalty. But yeah, it was luckily I, I, and also for a referee that gets loads of stick and a lot of it is deserved, and he does think it's all about him at times, and all of that. I thought, I thought Mike Dean had a really good game. Yeah, there wasn't the, the, the one decision that, and it, and it's probably not even his decision to make. To be honest, the, the only decision that I ever really got annoyed about in the whole game was towards the end of the first half. Costa's got it down in the corner, right in front of the linesman. Mendy's got his arms, both arms around him. 
Oh, yeah. And then within about five seconds, it's a free kick to City. Yeah. But the camera is next to the linesman as well as this is happening. Yeah. And you could fully understand Costa looking at him going, are you being serious, mate? I, th- I think the reason Costa didn't get that one is because he'd, he'd chucked himself over about three times before that. Mm. And he's no Luke Ayling. No. <laughs> yeah. But that... I came out of that game saying that it's one of my favourite Leeds games I've ever watched. Oh, fantastic. And, you know, we're now on Wednesday, so I've had time to calm down and be a bit less reactionary, and I still think it's one of my favourite Leeds games I've ever watched. As I still love the fact, that, and, and I think we both made the same joke, as, um, it was Newcastle Burnley straight afterwards. Yeah, well, everyone in the world made that joke. Yeah, so I like that, boys. <laughs> what? We've just watched Guardiola and Bielsa to put two teams out there to go, you know, Hammer and Tong, just go all out, everything for the win. What's next? Steve Bruce versus Sean Dyche. <laughs> Who have uh, both done quite good jobs. Well, no, Sean Dyche has done a brilliant job. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve Bruce has, I mean, I thought he was going to be shy, but he's done quite a good job there, but it's just not the same. No. You know, I would always, you know, up until mo- pretty much always in my life, if I went, oh, there's also a late kickoff on the Saturday, at like quarter to eight. I would definitely watch it. Didn't watch it. <laughs> no, because there was absolutely no point in watching it, having watched the Leeds game. No, you you weren't going to get the satisfaction from it, were you? No. Um, if I remember rightly, you said two two, didn't you? I did. Yes, I yeah. think I was going to say one one, and then I went. No, there'll be goals in this, actually. There's bound to be more goals. Well, I had a 4-2 defeat, didn't I, for my guess? Yeah. But, yeah, um, I'm just... I'm, I'm just... I love watching this team. They're fucking brilliant. And, and, every, and now everyone else knows. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, at this point, we've apparently got Man United fans who are trying to become Leeds fans now. Now, to those people, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck the whole way off. Continue yeah. to fuck off until you run out of room and then fuck off some more. It's the most ludicrous phone call I've heard. Is that, I, I don't know if you've heard. I, I haven't even heard it. I've just seen it referenced. It's uh, Listen, I fully understand if you're a Man United fan, why you'd be slightly annoyed with the current situation. Uh, you know, we, we were out Sunday Do night. Me at the wheel. There's people with that tattooed. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we were, we were out Sunday night in, in Leeds, wearing masks where where appropriate, just just so people know. Yeah, social, socially distant, but it's the first time you've been in the country for on your birthday in six years. We were going for a drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as as we were heading heading to Reds, we walked past a bar that said four one Spurs. And I just remember your reaction about thirty seconds afterwards, just going, Wait, aren't they at Old Trafford? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes they are. And then we didn't check the scores again until until we got back to Shed. And by that point, we looked, they had lost 6-1. And then we decided, and then we were just keeping track with the uh, the Liverpool-Villa game as well. Yeah. Um, Didn't look for yeah, a while. The- Hang on, it's 3-0 Villa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I think it was, I think we checked and it was... It started out 2-0, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then it was 2 was it 2-0 then Salah and then 4-1 at half time? yeah. Yeah, that, um, that was an that was just an insane game, but the, the differences is, between those two and don't get me wrong, both Liverpool and Man United were absolutely terrible in those games. 
Like, they really were. Yeah. But, like, on paper, losing 7-2 to Villa is worse than losing 6-1 to Spurs. But when you watch the games, Man United was so much worse than Liverpool were. It was an abject performance. You know, as, as as... as great as Villa were, and they deserve all the credit in the world for that game. I, I'm taking it away from them, but some of those deflections were ridiculous. I mean, when you get... But they also, they as... also missed... Like, Ross Barkley could have had a hat-trick. Yeah. And the one that he scored was probably the one that should have gone in the least. Yeah. <laughs> and even that deflection still went into the corner. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, yeah, it was... You, you, it you was a this Man United weekend. You got this man you fan phoning up six oh six saying that he's gonna he's he's so unhappy with how the club's being run. And listen, I, if you're gonna if you're gonna take this this stance of I hate what my football club has become, then at least go with a lower league team, pick a non-league. Team, you know whether it's probably not Salford these days, but you know I know FC United of Manchester was a bit wanky, but. But when he's like, that's the purpose of FC United of Manchester. Yeah. That's what it's for. For but, disillusioned Man United fans. But no, this guy was like, well, I live in Leeds, so I could support Leeds United. I'm like, but you were a scum fan for 40 years. Yeah. Like, take just one, just switching allegiance to another Premier League team is a dick move. It's very much glory supporting. But to then switch to a rival as well. It is nice that we're in a position where you could call someone a glory supporter for becoming a Leeds fan. It's because of all the glorious football we play. It's nothing to do with trophies. No, mate, honestly, if we keep Bielsa, fuck trophies. <laughs> I'm not bothered. <laughs> if someone gives us, if someone just gave us like a little trophy at the end of the season, saying you you have played better football than anyone else, you know, I'll take it. I'll t- for at least for a couple of years. You'd, I'd snap your hand off for the really fun to watch finishes tenth. <laughs> yeah, just because it's the most enjoyable time. It's the most I've ever enjoyed being a Leeds fan, including including when we're in the Champions League. Yeah, I think I think age. Yeah, I didn't really appreciate the Champions it. League because I was what eleven. Well, that's it for me. The Champions League was obviously you kind of, you know, it was huge playing Barcelona and Real Madrid. But the, at, this, at that point, we were also 10. <laughs> Whereas now we've had 16 years of misery. <laughs> that's really yeah. weighed down on our childhood towards the, the back end of it. Yeah, Bielsa deserves every bit of adulation that he gets from the Leeds fans. But you know what else? We deserve Bielsa. Yeah, <laughs> we really do. Uh, I mean, like, I, it's just when you you're looking at things like I just saw this because I was just having a glance to see what if there was any actual news we needed to cover, other than the obvious. Uh, Patrick Bamford nominated for Premier League Player of the Month. Yes. Oh, who's uh, Jack, and Sorry. Jack Harrison's Jack Harrison's goal against Liverpool has been nominated for Goal of the Month as well. Which, given it's down to a vote, he will probably win. Uh, I don't know if uh, I'm just I'm just thinking the match of the day one. Yeah, the match of the day one is, but I, I now don't think we can do the whole we'll just win everything when it's public vote anymore. 
because Arsenal fans love a vote. Everton fans love a vote. <laughs> like Ever- Everton are unbelievable at getting the players to the top of stuff. So, like, if the Player of the Month was a public vote, uh, my money would it's be Rich on every month. My money would be on well, uh, Calvert Lewin and James Rodriguez have both been nominated. So my money would probably be on one of them if it was a public vote. But um, it probably should be. Should, it should probably be Calvert-Lewin anyway, shouldn't it? Yeah. Because he's got, what, fa- what did he get? Five goals in... Was it four? six goals in four games? Yeah, I believe so. And a hat-trick in... And not that it counts for this, but and a hat-trick in the League Cup. Yeah. <laughs> he's had a solid month. Yeah. So I've, had, I've had an eye on him for ages because uh, Lee... <laughs> Levi that I work with, uh, he is a Staley Bridge Celtic fan and Dominic Calvert-Lewin had a loan there when he was like 17. And he, he's he's been banging on about him since, you know, when he was young. Was it Sheffield United he was at? Uh, I can't remember now. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, but it was, when he, he, he's basically banged on about him the whole time because of his loan he had at Staley Bridge Celtic. Yeah, it, six goals in five games. That was all it was, but he just said that you've never. He just said he's never at that level. It was just a joke. He <laughs> was like seventeen years old and looked like it looked like it was the greatest player who's ever lived when he was playing at that level. And yeah, it was Sheffield United. No goals in eleven games for Sheffield United. That's why he gets sent to Staley Bridge Celtic. Yeah, but no, I'm really I'm really pleased for him to be in the England squad. But yeah, we've had those nominees. Uh, the since the last podcast for 23's beat Middlesbrough 1-0 which was a pretty good game uh, it was quite even for the most part uh, and it was a I think it was a late goal from Sam Greenwood again who's, all, who's also doing well scoring goals yeah and, oh speaking of because again I'm doing this without notes uh, Sam Greenwood Joe Gelhart and Charlie Cresswell all got called up by England under 19's Mm. which was good to see it did mean that Leeds were lacking like an out and out striker for the EFL trophy game but young Max Dean scored twice yeah playing up front uh, we were 2-0 up but drew 2-2 in the end it was like it. they probably did edge it overall did Barrow but because they made a lot of changes as well Leeds just seemed to run out of steam after about 70 minutes Uh. But, you know, in this, I, I really don't care about the results. And, you know, it was nice for Sam Hurd. <laughs> we had a... Was it, well, it, it was a... Was it Captain Shaq? Um, to be honest, I I didn't actually pay attention to who ma- who was made captain. He did play. I think he was captain. Because our elite or became captain because he seemed to be the one doing the coin toss for the penalty shootout. Yeah, of the lineup, it would make sense. So it was Capriel, Drama, Casey, Leif Davis, Stoic, Jack Jenkins, Crescencio, Somerville, who over those two games, he, he seems, he's a bit hit and miss at the minute, but he seems to have a trick in him. He's good pace. Um, did, like he set up the second goal for Max Dean with a, it was a fairly easy assist, but it was a good decision, good decision making in final third. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a great game, but it was a lot better than when we sent all those children to Accrington. Yeah. 
I must admit as well, when, when I heard that Jamie Shackleton was taking the penalty, given how far down he was in the pecking order when we played Hull, I wasn't holding out much hopes and I wasn't disappointed. It was a, it was a really shit penalty. <laughs> like, it really was. Because again, like if you're going behind a goalkeeper, if you're and you're going to penalty taker number nine or ten, like, clearly you don't have much confidence in yourself. No. To then see him taking the opening penalty of a shootout, like I was like, ah, uh, mm, that's probably not what you want. Yeah. And then there's a there's a couple. Well, there's one outgoing and one probable outgoing. Uh, Matthias Bogutz has gone to UD Lagunas in Spain's second tier. I would have preferred a domestic loan, to be honest, but we'll see. I'm just yeah. hoping he play. I'm just hoping he plays every week. Yeah, I mean, we've had a couple of strange loans to Spain in the last couple of years. Yeah, and they went really well. Yeah, but he, he just he just needs to play because I, I really like Bogut's, as everyone knows. But he really needs to play. Yeah, we'll be getting him on the shirt now this year. Yeah, and there'll be there'll probably be a few others because uh, obviously the international window is now closed. But what is it? Is it the fifteenth? It's either 15th or 16th. Yeah. Because you, you can't do Premier League to Premier League anymore, but you can still do Premier League to EFL club and vice versa. So we can sign Luke Varney. Yes, we can. We can um, do a Blackpool. Which is why the, uh, the Campwell rumours are still going strong. Um, but it also means that like uh, Robbie Gotts, who is probably going to go out, Apparently Swindon now are looking like favourites, which wouldn't be a bad one because Richie Wellens has got them playing some decent football. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jordan Stevens has had a great start there. Yeah, he just, need, he just needs to get some game time, doesn't he? Yeah, and the other main out that looks like it's going to happen is uh, Barry Douglas. Obviously, he seems to, like, you know, Dallas is the first choice left back and Alioski can play there, and Leif Davis appears to have jumped above him in the pecking order, and he's like, what, just turned 31? He can't be a reserve. Yeah, poor Barry. I feel a bit sorry for him, obviously, because this is twice now that he's got promoted and not been given a chance in the Premier League. Uh, to, be, to, be, to be fair, though, at least... Well, no, I say at least. With us, he wasn't really playing when we got promoted, though. Whereas yeah, with Wolves, he was playing week in, week out. Well, with Wolves, he was the best left-back in the division, wasn't he? Yeah. And then... like, I, I feel sorry for him in terms of that, but in purely football terms, it's not like I can disagree with the decision. I, it wouldn't be in the team if I was in charge either. No. And I don't think... I do not... I don't think he's a bad player at all. And what was he, £3 million? Pound? Yeah. It's, I, I, I still think that... I know he's had a few. He struggled with injury a bit, and he hasn't hit the heights we really expected. But I don't think you could class him as a bad signing. No, no, I don't think there's anyone who, if you look at his his assist stats the season before we signed him, were incredible. Mm. You know, it it made a lot of sense bringing him in. I think just the fact that we have, you know, I think he went from playing as a wing back in in, in a much more attacking role. Which is, well, which is saying, when he was a wing, something. when he was a wing back in that wolf side, he was basically a winger, wasn't he? Yeah, it, it did not have the defensive or half the respect, uh, defensive responsibilities that he's had at Leeds, where we've we've played a back four the whole time. 
And I think he struggled because I think the expectation is for him to get up and down. And I, I don't think he's ever, while he's been here anyway, he's never really had the pace to do that. You know, I think he's someone who liked getting forward. But if we if we were hit on the counter-attack, he struggled in that regard. Yeah. Uh, so it's currently Watford that have favourites to sign him, which, you know, it's not like they've already got an awesome squad. They have just released Danny Welbeck on a free, so the square ball will be happy. Yeah. Um, but he's also um, linked with uh, Blackburn as well. And he was, and he's been linked with Celtic on and off since about June. I'm guessing now he he couldn't make the move to Celtic then with this. No, no, now the window. This window, shut. which is a that's the move I wanted him to get because it'd be nice for him to go just win some stuff. Yeah, but I also don't know, um, you know, Barry Douglas's history. I don't know if he'd fancy Celtic or not. I'm guessing he would for it to be talked about that much. And he's already had, like... I, I always find Barry Douglas' career, like, really... You know, really interesting. coming Because it was, like, Queen's Park in the Scottish... Well, at that point, will it have been Scot- Scottish Division 2 or will it have been their League 1 by then? Um, to be honest, I'd, my, once you get past the Scottish Championship, it could be yeah. anywhere. Yeah, but then what, they go Dundee United and then to Lek Poznan for, like, for a while, wasn't it? It was like three or four years at Let yes. Poznan, where he played, uh, in the, played in Europe for him. Yeah. Then Konya Spore in Turkey, and then Wolves. <laughs> it was, it's a weird career, because like, I'd never even slightly heard of him until he showed up at Wolves. No, I, I, couldn't, I can't say I had either. But yeah, uh, obviously, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it looks like he'll be away, and I think that's fair enough. Uh, and then, I guess that we have to go, I, be- I believe the term is, fuck your mothers in your fish and chips country. Because <laughs> uh, uh, yes. this, is, this is, of course, the main news. I've left it to last because we'll probably talk about it for a while. Um, Rafinha. Now, I, haven't, I, I don't watch as much European football as I would like to anymore. Uh, and especially not French football. Even when I did watch lots of European football, it was mostly German and Spanish. Mm. Um, but reputation-wise, this is a hell of a signing. Like, it's not like he was some unknown that I'd never heard of. I've heard him talked about quite a lot. And it would appear, one bit based on the data stuff that other people have done since this started being linked... And also, I love that Ren fans are so annoyed about it because that's a really good sign. Uh, yeah, but it's... they paid eighteen million pound a year ago, and it sounds like we've got him for like what fifteen, sixteen million, and then add-ons taking it up to about twenty-three. Yeah, which which I was surprised at the fee, but apparently they actually make more this way because if we paid more up front, they would have to give a load of it to Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, yeah. And this way, they don't have to pay anything to sport in Lisbon. So they actually make more money by selling him for less or something like that. But yeah, uh, Rafinha, winger. Um, the, the, from, position from, we, the position that we really needed to address. Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of... The only thing that people are wondering is, well, isn't he 
you know, isn't it, we need a number eight. That's what they've all said. And I can't really disagree with that if we're going to sign someone. But um, this does seem like a really good player. Like I said, because we got briefly linked with Damari Gray. And I, I did say, look, unless he's like free and on cheap wages, there is no point putting a body ahead of Pervader. Yeah. And I still, you know, I, I like Pervader and I hope he gets plenty of game time. But this does appear to be a really good signing. No, you, especially for that sort of money, you, you can't say no to quality players, can you? No. Like, it is. I mean, did you, I mean, they, it shows a lot for his mental strength as well as a player, which should be good. But when he's about to leave, it finishes with a goal and an assist. Yeah, well, nice. I think I think you showed me the clip, and he's got some pace on him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's got a lot of pace. That's the that's the one thing that I knew about him before any of this. The thing that like I associated with him in my head was, oh, I believe he's really quick from what I've heard. Uh, but what was it? A f- four-year deal, the new number eighteen, which uh, it's the new Danny Mills. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was good. I was trying to think of a random one, but the only ones that I can think of are Mills and Janssen. Yeah, I'm sure that there was some awful one that we could have used. He's the new. <laughs> I am oh, oh, five Leeds United. Because <laughs> if we're gonna find a random one, it'll be in there. Yeah, um, we uh, just signed every player under the sun. But yeah, keep going. It is, of course, yet another left-footed winger. Which, it, re- <laughs> it really does appear that that joke that um, the All Stats Out We account made of a, you know, so it was like something, it just said, an insight into Leeds United scouting process. And they just quote-tweeted it with opens Y scout searches by left-footed. Because, <laughs> like, you know, even the deal that fell through for Quissons left-footed. Yeah. It does appear that's what we are. But we... Um, when do you reckon he gets his first start? I'm going to go for second week in November. Oh, I, I think middle of November. I did look and I, the 23s don't have a game until next week as well due to the internationals. By the looks of it. Because if Leeds had a 23s game, I was going to say, well, he'll be playing. But... All right, here here we go. Do you do you want the number eighteens? Because I've I'm, I'm working. I've worked from the o four o five season. So we we start out at Simon Walton. God, was he number eighteen? I don't he remember was. that. At all. But then in our ill in uh, ill fated relegation season, was Captain Kevin Nichols. Oh, well, I've I've properly blocked that out. But then. <laughs> And I don't think this will be topped. In our first ever season in the third tier, number 18, Robert Bailey. Wow. <laughs> I Roberto, didn't know Roberto a, Bailey. I did not know that man had a squad number. Well, I, he actually a squad, didn't he? So I guess he would have to. Because the, the only one I can remember is the, the Derby game from the season before where he got sent off. By the way, just because it has to be mentioned every time, of course, Rob Bailey, you know, 
I think he's still in jail. Yeah. Oh, there's also a uh, Andy for Robinson for transporting an awful lot of drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is a shame. It is. A, it's a shame because obviously it didn't work out well once he dropped out of the game. Yeah. The last couple, Andy Robinson as well, when we signed him as League One Player of the Year. And then Simon Grayson seemingly didn't like the fact he was fat and barely played him again. And the last one, uh, he was number 18 in our first season back in the championship, uh, Loney Sanchez Watt. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm good. as he's a winger, I guess we have to say the new Andy Robinson. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully is good. I I am <laughs> I really do have enough faith now that I think he will be good. And there's there's still no number eight in the squad, so that would suggest that there is a decent chance we are going to bring in someone. That we all assume is Todd Campwell. Everyone seems to be assuming it's Todd Campwell and there's still this little voice in back of my head going, go on, sign point here. <laughs> go on. <laughs> but we have, with the amount of money that we have spent so far, if we don't sign a centre mid, that's fine. We could do with one. Because I don't... Adam I don't, Borshaw I, has I got to be fit at some point. Oh, I'll take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I, uh, we should have. That should have been my likely unlikely. Yeah, will does, Adam does Forshaw Adam, play again? Does, does Adam Forshaw start a game this season? Uh, well, I would say unlikely. Oh. I think he will make a match day squad this season. Can I just say while I'm on this as well? It'll be the final game of the season. He comes with on with a headband. Uh, but only if we have already secured our European place. Uh, if we're still battling for it, he won't come on. No, he, he won't be there. Just uh, the little treats you get when you, you're looking through someone's Wikipedia is the full name of Herschel Julio Sanchez Watt. Herschel? Herschel. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> no. I wasn't expecting Julio either. <laughs> but there you go. And he is still only 29. Huh. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> Could do a job. <laughs> Not for us. Yeah. So, I like Sanchez. So then, are we thinking that Helder Costa by Christmas is the bench option? I don't know. Because the so way he's it's... playing, I, I can't see, I cannot see Bielsa dropping Jack Harrison at all. No. I. Jack Harrison, although that is the one other option, and I think it is in his thought process. To play three wingers? No, that Jack Harrison may become Jack Harrison left back. Mm. He played left back for the 23s before the Man City game when he was a, you know, when he was ineligible. And I don't think that was done by accident. I think that's. I don't think he's going, oh, that's definitely what I'm going to do. But I think he has that in his head as an option. You know, he's played him as a left wing back when we've gone to 3-3-1-3 before. He's also played him as a striker. 
Yeah, he's also played him on the left by himself when we were doing that weird asymmetric stuff. Ah, uh, the the Reading game. Yeah, we're doing that. So we've got two two fullbacks and a winger, <laughs> and then just Jack Harrison is the left side. Yeah, who's on the left? Jack Harrison. Who with Jack Harrison? Yeah, him playing left back and left wing. It was like when uh, Leicester won the league and they played three in midfield with Danny Danny Drinkwater and Kante either side. no we um it'll be interesting to see him until we've seen him in the leadership can't really get into him that much but when you look through like what are all the transfers now it's got it's got to be considered at least on paper a really good window yeah there's you know i love the fact that we've we're still making long-term transfers here with players like Drama and Gelhard and, and even, you know, Charlie Allen. Yeah, I'd say I really like, from what I've seen so far, I really like Drama. He's got a bit of a short fuse. He got sent off against uh, Sunderland for like a, stu- for a stupid second yellow that he didn't need. You know, he yeah. just reacted to a late tackle. And he very nearly did the same thing in the EFL Trophy game against Barrow. It was already on a yellow, which was harsh. He probably shouldn't have had a yellow yet. But the guy went in on him just like, you know, a little needless one. And he got up and nearly shoved him and just stopped himself. So that's yeah. something he does need to work on. I've got him up here and these are all in order. So Helder Costa made permanent, but that was done back in the last season. Harrison on loan again, obviously. Uh, Melier and permanent. Those all good. Kelhar, Charlie Allen, Cody Drama. You know, all good. You know, for the youngsters and Gelhar has looked really good. Charlie Allen, it's too soon to tell. He's only sixteen, but it does show some glimpses. Cody Drama, I'm really pleased with. Uh, Danny Van der Hervel, the seventeen-year-old keeper of Ajax. I think I've only seen him play once, and he did fine, but. You know, I have no idea yet. Sam Greenwood, three for under 23s, called up for England. Great start. Rodrigo, really pleased with it. He's a little, at 29 for the money is, he was a little on the older side than you'd want if it was ideal, but I think he's looked quality so far. Robin Cock, 13 million. Diego Lorente was, what, 17, 18? Yeah. So we had th- we had thirty million turned down for Ben White, and spent that same thirty million on two international centre backs. Yeah, you know he, he, I can't really argue with that. Uh, Crescencio, some of all showed some decent stuff in the under twenty three, but it's too soon to tell. And Rafinha, there isn't a single signing in there that I think I can't really get my head around that. Yeah, there's. Like, the... with, with, I'm surprised that we ended up with another winger above a centre mid. But again, Rafinha, it looks really good. He's really highly rated, and he's only 23. Yeah, there's there's no one in there that there's no one in there that you really even question that much. In as much as, like you say, that the biggest issue you probably take with Rodrigo is the fact that he's he's on the older side. And 29 isn't... Oh, he's, he's still got what... You'd, you'd reckon you were at least comfortable for three, four years. Oh, Pablo's still going. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but... I just... At, like, that, at that money, in an ideal world, 
I would probably hope for someone younger, but I'm still very happy with the signing. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, at the end of the day, you're paying, we're paying good money for an international quality player. For Spain's number nine, who they yeah. turned down like, what, 50-odd million from Barcelona for? Yeah. Like, what, eight months earlier? And now look who's their number nine. Martin Brathwaite. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Still can't believe Barcelona's number nine is Martin Brathwaite. <laughs> I, I feel, I'm sure Barcelona fans feel the same way. Yeah. So, I just wanted to have a look through that list and just think, this you've got to give a shitload of credit to Otto and Radrizani for that. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of those players will have gone, I, I, as much as Bielsa wants to say that that's not why, a lot of them have come because they want to work with Bielsa. But yeah. they still have to get the deals done, and there isn't a single one of them. I don't think there's a single deal in that where I think we've overpaid. No, there's. I don't think we've. I don't think we've. I think the, the issue for some people is, is again just the sheer amounts of money or sheer lack of money we've spent. Two thousand and three, yeah, on players, and then all of a sudden you have a transfer win. And I know this. Obviously, this this includes like the the Costa and Melier deals as well, but where you spend. Around eighty million. It's. I think it's getting on to nigh on a hundred. Yeah. Um, well, you just think, whoa, 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 bloody hell! Calm down. <laughs> Keep the receipt for Rafinha just in case. Yeah. Well, it's a question that we haven't done for a long time since, like our first first podcasts, because we did. We brought in shitloads, obviously, that summer. Um, mm. And I, we were asked, you know, who do you think is going to be the best signing? And I ended up going for Alioski because I thought Alioski was going to be, you know, brilliant in attack. I just had this weird feeling. And he has probably been the best of all of those signings. But, you know, he's probably now a left back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not in the way I expected, but I was right. But of the, all of those signings, you can include the, you know, anyone we made permanent as well. Who do you think is going to be the best signing? You know, other than re-signing Bielsa, because that doesn't count. He's obviously the best one. At the moment, I'm sorely towards Robin Koch, who take, you take out... You've always the, been known to lean that way. And, uh, <laughs> you know, take out the, the Liverpool and and the daft tackle against Fulham. I, just, I don't even blame him for the Liverpool one. The daft tackle against Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> The two performances after that have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I thought that against both Sheffield United and against Man City, especially against Sheffield United, I thought it was really good. And, you know, considering he got to a point where he signed, what, two weeks before the start of the season and then was straight out on international duty, he he settled in so well. And he, he, more than anyone else, I think, at that point, was an essential signing that we had to make. Yeah. You, know, you know, as we needed to bring in quality players, absolutely, but we had one central defender, and he just—he looks fantastic. He—he he looks so comfortable. Um, All right. It, you know, <laughs> Bielsa has had a weird effect on me because I'm finding it odd that we've got three international centre backs. 
Just three, just three internationals. Uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, no, but like recognised countries. Before Bielsa, I would have said, well, if we're playing four at the back, that's two centre backs, so you need four. That's it. That's what you need. And now we've got three, and it feels like too many. <laughs> you know, four it's, with strike. It, it was strange when you were NTK when it went, and you were just thinking, oh, really? Ooh. Yeah, another one. Obviously, this part of me wants to be be a hipster and say Joffy Gellhart. Um, but I, I I honestly think out of all the signings, the one that's going to prove to be the best, certainly the best value, but the best one, I honestly think Melier. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fair at the moment. Because so. if we get this right, he could be the number one at this club for 15 years. At least. You know, if we get this right, it, football doesn't really work like that very often. So, it prob- you know, I don't expect that to be what happens. But I honestly think he's such a good goalkeeper already and he's only 20. Yeah, he, he, he plays with such confidence as, as compared like that, to... That was, that was like the one, the one sort of standout poor thing, I thought, against Man City. When they did get the press right... Melier's long kicking, which normally is good, was terrible mm. in that game. He left all of them 10 yards short of where he wanted them. And that's why they kept just being out. They weren't even having to try and win headers and knock it back forward. They were able to just bring it down and come forward. Yeah. But even with that, I just think he's been, I just think he's a really good young goalkeeper. Yeah. I look at him and I, it might be because I'm more aware of goalkeepers now. But, like, Paul Robinson got, what, 45 caps for England, something like that? Yeah. And I think Melier at 20 looks better than Robinson at 20. He's so... He's, he commands his area very well, doesn't he? And I think, he, like you say, he's, he's confident in his decision-making. And there's, there's very little that he's done where you've looked and thought that, that, that it's a poor decision that he's made, you know, and, and, and every goalkeeper is going to have a cross that they're going to th- see that they can get to and, and not do it like that. It, it happens to goalkeepers, hmm. but he's not doing it every game. He's, he's, he's not doing, you know, he's not Kiko. Yeah. Well, that's his biggest, that's forget all his qualities. That's his biggest strength that he isn't Kiko. Yeah. Um, but on this season, you know, I was always, what will we be able to retweet? Will we be able to get him in the team properly? But I am now confident that Rodrigo is going to have a massive impact this season. Yeah. He's looked good in his sub appearances so far. And as, like you say, in each game, has, has contributed more and more. Yeah. Give, give it another month for him to fully get used to playing that role. And I think we're going to really see some big performances out of it. You know, the way that Pablo dragged us to some results. Yeah. I think we're going to see a similar sort of thing. Hey, just wait till you yeah, know, we've yeah. got Rodrigo. He's to come back, we... yeah. Hernandez can, co- can come back into this side. Well, that's the thing I'm thinking. You get Rodrigo. Think he, I'm starting to think he's not going to start much this season. He's just going to have loads of half-hour brilliance. Which I, which I think is probably what you need at this point of his career is to manage him like that, bring him on in games when people are tired, when they're going to make mistakes, and then he can he can put pick out those passes. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, you think of like a f- you know a fresh Hernandez coming on with half an hour left when the I mean it was the case last season and it's still the case this season but to a lesser extent. I still back us to be fitter than everyone. We've got loads of pace, especially wide players. When defenders are getting tired and starting to make poorer decisions, half an hour of Hernandez playing through balls and things like that. Yeah. You just. It just. Oh, I'm, I, I, I fucking love this side. I, I really do. I, it, I've not been this excited about Leeds United. Well, the, the funny thing I, for me, the funny I, I thing for me, I was probably more excited as a kid, but I appreciate it more now. I think, I think the funny thing for me was we we had the se- the first season after we got promoted from League One, and and we were playing that really nice attacking football in that in the four two three one where you've got Gradle, House, and Snodgrass and Becchio as a front line. Yeah, and for a while, and then then when that broke up, there was just a lot of me thought. Well, it's not going to get better than that. Like this is, you know, that was a that was a really great, at least a t- attacking side of the team. Yeah, and I didn't think we were ever going to top that. But we have built this team now, and you know, the, the, obviously, I think, I think I've heard people say at this point that Bamford could score in the World Cup final for England, and someone would still say, "Ah, I took a deflection though, didn't it?" Yeah, About, there is a bit of that with him. But just, just as this team, there is this full team ethic of a group of players that just work for each other, work for you know, work for Bielsa. And by rights, with the with the amount of money that footballers get paid, like especially these lads coming in now, you you wouldn't blame them if they looked at murder ball sessions. And went ah fuck off, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah, like you would and you wouldn't. I know what you mean because like human psychology the less you need the money the less you want to work but i suppose once you get you can also look the opposite way about that once you're on that sort of money money ceases to matter mm. and it's just the competitive well that's nature. that's the thing i think if, you, if you're someone who is coming to join leads you know that's what you're coming in for mm. so, and you know I, I i could be wrong I dare say there are players who who've wanted to move to the Premier League, but there might be players who look at stuff like that and go, "It's not for me." That, yeah, you know, it, it could be a bit harsh. It strikes me as as a Pascal Chimbonda type attitude. Yeah. I, I wonder if the real reason for the Cuisson steel falling through might be that they detected a little bit of that sort of attitude in him, mm. and I've no way of knowing. That's just spitballing but like you know he's been training today for Marseille well like I mean and I just we, we had to try and we had to try and unpack all that during the last podcast didn't we so we yeah. never really spoke about you know there was the rumours that came out that stuff came out in in his medical and you know at this point you, you wouldn't be blamed or you couldn't blame Bielsa after, after the way the Augustan deal went down who's joined Nantes on a free. Yes. With a year left on his contract, but he doesn't have a contract because he's joined Leeds, but he hasn't joined Leeds. It's a very I'm just, just going to say that if we are, my money is on, we have to pay him like, we've got to pay compensation. Like 8 million. 
Mm. I'm going to go for. But, but, with, but with how it turned out with Augustan in terms of him trying to chase his fitness, uh, you know, and yeah. mid-season try and get down to that level, given that we're already into the season now, I don't think Bielsa wants to deal with having players who he probably wants playing, but they need to get in shape and it's going to take them a couple of months yeah. and then potentially they pick up an injury and you've spent money on a player who you just can't use. Yeah. Well, that's the main thing with it for me. Even if it turns out that the whole failed his medical thing is Leeds talking bollocks publicly, you know, just to get out of it. Yeah. So long as the actual reason was Bielsa's decision. Yeah, that's, I'm that's fine all that matters. If, if, if Bielsa just... If Bielsa just said, you know what, I don't fancy it. And that's as deep as he got with people. I mean, that's not what he's like. But even if it was that, I'd say, fine. <laughs> yeah. I was I was excited by Cuisance, and hopefully he doesn't turn into an absolute world beater, but it's if it as long as it was Bielsa's decision, I can live with it. Yeah. Um I will just quickly open Twitter and just see if anything <laughs> mental has happened while we've been doing this because after last time I mean we're outside we're sort of outside the transfer window now so it shouldn't yeah but you uh, never know no uh, we should be okay we're, we're an hour in here and yeah it's, it's a calmer affair than last time <laughs> last, yeah, time it, have... last time it was just you just in the middle of of me talking about something just going yeah I wonder what's happened with Cuisson's thumbs you, yeah, just, you, could, I, you couldn't let it go no because well I'd, I'd really got I'd really talked myself into this into that being a great signing so then when it didn't happen <laughs> yeah hopefully some other people can talk themselves into thinking this is a great podcast <laughs> but, uh, so well like an hour ten that's actually quite good so that'll do us for episode damn it 83. 83. <laughs> I can never. Piss. I'm, I'm a pro. <laughs> That'll do us for episode 83 at Mighty White's podcast. Uh, the stuff we write goes on through it all together, which is through it all together.espionation.com and also THRU, it's all LUFC on Twitter. Um, we now have a much larger team of writers, so we should be able to have yeah, more opinion pieces. They're all stuff. jumping on board now. Yeah, now in the Premier League, all these glory writers. Yeah. But. Uh, if anyone has any interest, uh, email thru it's all lumail dot com. Uh, I will. I only check. I don't check that email quite as much. But if you want to, I'll, I'll probably check it most days. Uh, if you want to, if be more likely to get hold of me, send us a DM on Twitter. That's that is on my phone, so I will definitely see it. Jack's DMs are open. They are well, no, mine aren't. But I also have a personal Twitter account which I don't think I've used once in years. <laughs> I I use mine. Yeah, it very much depends on whether you uh, agree with my political beliefs. If you want to follow mine, so I won't bother plugging it. Well, I mean, they should. I mean, I, I think that you're a bit harsh. No, I won't make that joke because <laughs> that's the sort. That was a joke for people in person who can get that I'm definitely joking. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to get tarnished with with a certain bro. I mean we've already got a dodgy name for a podcast. I was just gonna say it's I already don't. called the Mighty Whites podcast. I'd better not make that joke, even if it's clear that I'm being ironic. Yeah. 
but yeah, uh, I've been Jack. See ya. Casey, have a good one. In a bit. <laughs> <laughs>